Hello, hello, and hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Living in Babylon. I am your host and teacher, Evangelist Liz G. And today um, we're going to step out of the Bible and we're going to step into the history books. But we're going to connect it back to the Word of God to show the importance of understanding this particular culture, this particular reign, why the Bible uh, draws attention to it from the book of Genesis on through the book of Revelation. So the first thing we need to understand is that um, Babylon was an empire. It wasn't just a, a city or a state. It started out that way as a smaller place, but it grew in influence in the region that it was in and eventually became an empire. Uh, Babylon was originally part of the Mesopotamian kingdom, um, and it was originally um, identified as an area uh, or belonging to the Akkadian Empire. Now, uh, the thing I find just the most fascinating about Babylon as I continue uh, to study it is bringing it up to modern day so that we can understand. You know, I, I teach uh, school. I'm actually a substitute teacher right now, but I'm studying um, to uh, be able to get my license license here in Georgia so that I can have my own classroom um, here in Georgia. So in the meantime, I'm substituting. And so I love teaching uh, and I love teaching the word of God. First and foremost, and this is just an exciting topic for me because it also merges my love of history, of world history, of politics, of world news, what's going on in the world. And I say all that to say this, uh, what particular class that I was teaching today, uh, the kids were saying that, you know, they weren't interested. What am I? Why am I going to need this information in my life? How am I going to use this information? It's a math class. And they were like, I'm never going to use this stuff. But I began to put the dots together and explain to them why it's not necessarily the answer that you come up with that's going to be crucial to your life, but it's the fact that you're learning how to solve problems, that you're learning how to follow a formula or a format to come to a conclusion. This is going to be a skill that is going to be crucial for you in your future life to be successful, is being able to understand the formulas. And that's the same thing for us in our spiritual life. If we can understand how the kingdom works, if we can understand how the spiritual realm works, then we do not have to be defeated by our enemy when we understand our enemy and what we're up against. And I think that 
as Christians, we become so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good, but we have to be wise. One thing about great figures in the Bible, David, uh, King David, um, especially, and um, uh, Daniel, the scriptures describe them as being uh, perfect, you know, in a lot of ways. They were knowledgeable about the world around them. They weren't just knowledgeable about loving God and and spirituality and going to the temple, but they could get with anyone on just about any subject. And they were knowledgeable about the workings of the world, the workings of government. Um, as you know, David, of course, became a king. And Daniel was a slave in Babylon. And he rose up as a slave to a position of authority and leadership in the government. Um, uh, he would sit outside of the gate, outside of the king's gate, you know, the only people that were outside of the king's gate were people in authority. They were basically practicing law in a different form. They were settling disputes among the people, whether it was land disputes, custody disputes, um, things of this nature. Just like Deborah, she was a judge. Um, and they were deciphering, you know, we, we, we listen and we watch all of these judge and court shows today. Um, on TV, you got Judge Judy, uh, Judge Maybelline, uh, Judge Tola. I love the judge shows. I do have a, a background, um, in, um, as a paralegal. So I work with many attorneys and the court system. And so I really I have an affinity. I love, um, uh, legal things also. So the thing, that's one of the things that excites me about being able to do what I do and in, in, in this podcast is I get to bring all of my knowledge into one place and uh, am able to examine a particular topic um, with this studiousness that I brought to my position as a paralegal. Now, as a teacher, I'm able to bring this information and um, my prior background from that. I've had many uh, careers based on what has happened in the economy. I've had to uh, transform myself to be able to uh, continue to live and stay afloat. And I'm excited about it because it has given me a wealth of knowledge, which I have um, chosen to share the rest of my life any way that I can help people. So getting back to uh, this subject, why Babylon is important for us now, especially Christians in America, is we need to understand we know where Babylon was in the Bible, but where is Babylon today? And most of us will be shocked to find out that Babylon, modern day Babylon, even though it is no longer up and running and um, functioning, I would say in brick and mortar, but the mentality, the heritage, the culture of Babylon is very much alive and well. And we as Americans are very much involved and intertwined and connecting with Babylon in ways that we have no idea. So I'm just going to throw a few names out there for you. 
that you may be shocked based on the logistics of where they are located, their backgrounds, that they have or have had or their history, historically, their people, their culture has is very well uh, aware of Babylon. Saddam Hussein, Osama bin Laden, I'll name some countries, Iran, Iraq, as a matter of fact, modern day Iraq is late day Babylon, Baghdad, everybody knows Baghdad. Babylon would be estimated at about less than 60 miles from Baghdad, current day, modern day Baghdad. And we all know that these places uh, have been a hotbed for America. We still have troops, even though maybe minimal, not far from these areas, Afghanistan, you know, we sent the troops in and we got Saddam Hussein out of Baghdad and, 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 and had to go in and take over, take over that area. What do they call bombs over Baghdad? All the, the American blood that is shed over in that area. And we wonder, why are we over there? I'm a military brat. My father was a soldier. Uh, so a lot of these conflicts, um, are, and I, you know, growing up around military bases, uh, I was also married to a soldier. I was a wife, a military wife for a period of time. So, uh, these things were not just things that I read about in the newspaper, but things that I was able to experience up close and personal as being a part of that community. Um, my father went to Vietnam. He went to Korea. So I've always, uh, kept an eye, kept abreast of things that were ha uh, happening. And in my lifetime, of course, we had, uh, Afghanistan or, or Desert Storm, which most people would be, um, more familiar with. And every time we have a cycle of news, um, or series of, uh, news cycles and periods will come back up and they will talk about these particular uh, areas or like when a president is getting ready to be elected, sometimes the topic, I think when, when Barack Obama was um, running for president in the election cycle, one of the main topics, you know how they choose what topics they're going to fo focus on to try to get uh, people to vote was bringing the troops back, dwindling down the number of troops from this region um, of the world. Um, you know, this was a hot topic. So when we when we talk about Babylon and you listen to this podcast, don't think of it as something that's just ancient and outdated and only history lovers are, are going to understand. But it is crucial for us as Christians to understand what is going on in the world and what it means for us and how it goes back 
uh, to the Bible, how it goes back to the scriptures. Okay, so right now, again, uh, Babylon would be what we now know as modern day Iraq. And over the years, they have excavated, excavated um, Babylon, which means they go in and they begin to dig in historical sites um, looking for uh, signs of life, artifacts, jewelry, bodies, buildings, so that scientists and historians can begin to put together pieces in a physical form of evidence of things that have been written or um, stories that have been passed down from generation to generation. And it is um, said that Saddam Hussein actually began a archaeological dig in Babylon. It was called the Archaeological Restoration of Babylon Project. And one of his, and I say one because I'm sure he had many, one of his what do you call it um, when a king or ruler has places in different parts of the country where they can go and vacation or palaces. One of his places actually overlooked. He could look out um, from his, uh, I'll just call it a palace for a better word right now. And it looked out over the ruins of Babylon. And what he did with this restoration project for what he knew of Babylon and how it was laid out, he began to restore certain sections and areas of Babylon. Okay? So, um, and you will also, you can find as you search around um, historically that back in the 2000s when um, we were having the, let me see the exact war, that it was was going on that U.S. troops actually went over there and you can find pictures of uh, military personnel. This is after they captured Saddam uh, Hussein actually um, walking around and looking uh, at the ruins and looking at what Saddam Hussein was um, putting together. Let me read this to you from um, Wikipedia. It was talking about the archaeological restoration of Babylon Project. It says, reconstructing features of the ancient city on top of the ruins. This is what he was doing. These features included the southern palace of Nebuchadnezzar with 250 rooms five courtyards, and a 30-meter entrance arc. The project also reinforced the processional way, which was a street uh, that they used to have processions on. The Lion of Babylon, which uh, was a, 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 a symbolism, like they have the Lion of Judah, they have the Lion of Babylon, 
and an amphitheater constructed in the city's Hellenist, Hellenistic era. Okay, the in 1982, here again, I'm in Wikipedia, the government minted a set of seven coins displaying iconic features of Babylon. So, um, you know, they actually had coins made. So what the point is that Babylon was very much in the minds and the consciousness of the people. In this region, Babylon is in Mesopotamia, uh, is, is a Mesopotamian uh, kingdom. Um, and um, again, the, the country, uh, its glory, the reign of Babylon and the Babylonian kings is very much in the minds and the hearts of the people there. So Hussein, it says, Hussein installed a portrait of himself and Nebuchadnezzar at the entrance to the ruins and inscribed his name on many of the bricks in imitation of Nebuchadnezzar. One frequent inscription reads, this was built by Saddam Hussein, son of Nebuchadnezzar, to glorify Iraq. These bricks became sought after as collector's items after Hussein's downfall. All right. Similar projects were conducted at Nineveh, Nimrud, Assur, and Hatara to, dis to demonstrate the magnificence of Arab achievement. Arab, Babylonia, Iran, Baghdad. These are all interrelated and these People or this region, and I'm not vilifying all, all the people there, but this area, you know, God is a God of territory. There are spiritual territories, physically and spiritually, in the visible and in the, in the invisible. This is a territory that is ruled by spirits. Entities, demonic powers that are against God. Now, America is supposedly a Christian country. That is one of the reasons why we knock heads and we have conflict with this region continuously. It's not just about the resources. Yes, it's about the resources. It's about the oil, as everybody talks about. Yes, it's about the gold, but it's about more than that. Biblical history. It's about control over the territory. Okay? It's about control over the territory. And, and I began to think that maybe this is one of the reasons and the motivations that we don't hear that's behind the scenes of why we ended up in this, these wars in the first place. Why we're there in the first place. We don't really know. We only know what they tell us. And America pretends to be a country, okay, so-called there's a separation of church and state. Um, they tell us, well, I won't say they tell us, but we're not supposed to be that concerned about spiritual matters. There's not supposed to be a connection between uh, faith in God and, and the workings of the government, but just like it is 
over in these countries, it's the same way in the United States. There is an underlying current of spirituality, of belief, of things that they don't expect the average or ordinary man or woman to be concerned with or to even understand. They don't even believe we under, understand this stuff. So basically, we're supposed to stay like dumb sheep. Okay, this is supposed to be above our pay grade, above our pay level. Okay, so so that's just to give us a, a you know a little understanding and insight of of what's of what's really going on. And so the the next thing I wanted to share with you, and and I'll be wrapping this session up in just a moment, is the fact that in the ruins of uh, Babylon, what they have been able to find and what has survived, and this is basically what they tell us anyway, um, I found it interesting that they had excavated many, many, uh, they've been excavating periodically, you know, for hundreds and hundreds of years over there. And one excavation, uh, I don't remember the name of it, uh, the, the British have been over there excavating um, different uh, uh, American archaeologists have been there. But one excavation that had supposedly um, gotten a lot of artifacts sunk in the sea. So those artifacts never made it to where they were going. So now that we know about fake news <laughs> and different things, I have to wonder, did those artifacts actually sink in the sea? Were those artifacts stolen? Are those artifacts being hidden somewhere? Because one thing for sure, one of the main things they were able to pull out of Babylon has always been written text. If they don't find anything else, they'll find something written on stone. They'll find something, some tablets or something that uh, give more information on what was happening in the world at that time. So what they have been able to find, some of the ruins that have remained in Babylon were of the temples. There were several temples. And so that's just taking us back to the spiritual life. We know the, um, we can see what I would call the symptoms of the spiritual thinking and the spiritual life of Babylon, just based on what uh, the book of Daniel has been able to tell us of what they experienced as being uh, slaves in Babylon and held in captivity and how Babylon was big on their gods and that if you lived there or if even if you were a slave there, you were going to bow down to their gods. And that is still true today. If we look at the fact that religion plays an important part in everything they do over there, and we'll just say Islam is the, is the name of the major religion now. Um, and they don't do politics. They don't do anything 
everything is intertwined and mixed with their faith. There is no separation of church and state over there. Everything has to do with, is it going to advance the cause of our God with the lower case G? So they have been able to find uh, several um, temples. And in those temples were shrines. And I'm going to give a few more details for you about particularly about shrines. And I'll say this shrines are memoriams to uh, people still worship at shrines today. Um, in history, the, the, the shrines were built on roads and people would stop at a shrine and the shrine were to the patron gods. And just like in Rome and in Greek, they had this pantheon of gods. There were so many gods. It was the same in Babylon, but you had a hierarchy and Babylon had, you know, they had city states just like the Philistines. If you read in the book of First Samuel, when the Ark of the Covenant had been taken uh, from the children of Israel, the Philistines had city states. And each city-state had a ruler or, or, or a king over it. And every city-state had a patron god. This is the god they worshipped. This was the god that everybody would bow down. Same thing with Babylon. Same thing with Babylon then. Same thing with Babylon today. The patron god or patron faith and religion is uh, today would be Islam. But there are still many cults and many sects, S-E-C-T-S. That's why, um, you know, there are so many different divisions, divisions of it, and there is still worship of the ancient gods. And I believe that um, Islam has its roots, and I haven't gotten that far to make the connections, but I know they're there to the ancient gods. So out of two of the temples that they found, and I'll try to speed this along, I'll give about 10 more minutes and we can come back to it. Uh, two of the temples um, they found in Babylon that had shrines and they were able to uh, decipher from these shrines who the patron God was. And it seemed like the number one God or the patron God there was called Marduk, and I'll tell you a little bit about Marduk um, in just a moment, but let me go back to Babylon and how it was built, and maybe in my next episode, which I'll be able to finish today, we'll get into the uh, the, qual the qualities uh, or the characteristics or the personality of Marduk. So Babylon, and this will help you to understand Marduk a little bit better, if I can tell you a little bit about where Babylon built and why this area was chosen. Listen, everything is strategic. Nothing is by coincidence. Um, you know, where a territory is, what is built on the territory, where it is built is all strategic. So Babylon, its original um, or, or Marduk, let me go back to Marduk for a second. The interpretation of his name is he's the Lord of the water. Okay, he's the Lord of the water. 
And you have to understand that Babylon was built on the shores of the Euphrates River. So Babylon was built on both sides. So this Euphrates, this Euphrates River runs straight uh, through Babylon. It's built on both sides of the Euphrates River. And this river runs and it dumps out into the Persian Gulf, which is an extension of the Indian Ocean. Now, the Indian Ocean has been identified in many uh, spiritual circles as a uh, hotbed or a territory for what they call marine spirits. If you've never heard of marine spirits, you can, I would say, do a little research, but a little research ain't for everybody. If you, you're afraid and you're scary and, and you're not in the power and authority of the Holy Spirit, and you have anointed yourself and you've prayed some things, you're not ready to see. We're not ready to see some things I'll look into just a little bit, peek the door open, then I even I have to close my eyes and melt my head with oil and go on. I can imagine the rest. Because one thing about certain things, once you see them, you can't take it back. But I would just say this, and that is not to put fear in your heart. I'm just saying if you're not a mature Christian, if you are not operating in the power of the Holy Ghost, if you are not sure about your faith and your authority and your dominion in the territory of the spiritual realm, then, you know, you can just listen to the teaching and go from there. So anyway, they call them marine spirits, and you'll hear that tossed around and bantied around just so you won't be ignorant. And these are spirits that have to deal with the water. They say they come out of the oceans, and they claim that the Indian Ocean has been identified as a territory of the of the marine spirits. And so Babylon basically has a connection to the Indian Ocean because this riverbed runs through there and it dumps out into the Indian Ocean. And we'll come back to that and I'll tell you a little bit more. Um,